0: to a message from Red Church in Melbourne, Australia. If you'd like to know more about Red or its ministries, please go to redchurch.org.au. Well, it's good to be with you today on this Father's Day, which is an unusual Father's Day. It's also the day when uh, Daniel Andrews will be announcing his plan uh, which is a roadmap out of the current lockdown that we find ourselves in Melbourne. But there's so much we don't know. At the time of recording, we don't know what that roadmap out of lockdown four, level four, looks like. And it's actually a realisation that as you look back over the last uh, several months, we've been in some form of lockdown, really, since the pandemic began in Melbourne. I did a podcast uh uh, early on um, uh, with Unbelievable it's a podcast Justin Brilly in the UK and it was at the start of the pandemic and I just got an email uh, and they said let's do one six months later and I was like goodness me it's been six months and I replied to Justin and I said what's really weird is it seems like it's gone really fast and really slow all at the same time it has been a really unusual time and so There's this anticipation, this wanting to know what's going to happen next. That's why so many people in Melbourne and Victoria are waiting with bated breath as what's going to happen as there is this roadmap out of here. The papers are filled with predictions of what will the future of how the pandemic plays out look like? What will a post-COVID world look like? Not only is there predictions around how it will go with actually the infections, but there's modelling and predictions around the economy, how it will change technology, how will our social lives be shaped from this pandemic. But predictions are fraught. There's this sense that what is happening is unprecedented. That's the term that's continually used. We look to history to try and see what the future will look like. When this kicked off, I went straight to the library really early on before everything shut down and borrowed a book on the Spanish flu that broke out across the world in 1918 and 1919. And what's interesting is there's some similarities but also differences. Mark Twain said, history doesn't repeat, it rhymes. But the future, in many ways, is open. And predictions that people are making at this stage are fraught with problems and many of them will not go the way we expect. And to be in this position, the future is open. And what that means is God knows what the future is, but there are many, many possibilities of what the future could look like. In fact, the longer The break with normality happens for the longer the pandemic goes for, the more open the future is. And when you're leading something like a church, and the question uh, that many people bring to me about Red and the whole church is what does the future look like? But you find yourself leading in a really, really interesting position. Normally, leaders put out plans for where we're going, how we're going to do things. But this is really different at a time like this in the midst of a pandemic. Many people ask, when are we going to meet again in the way that we used to? Others ask, what's it going to look like when we come back Christian leaders are speculating everything from a great renewal in the church. Other people are saying that to expect 30-40% of people won't come back when we meet again. My take is, on these trends, because people continually ask me, is we simply don't know. We're half-time, really, in a game. And it's hard to judge what the end of the game will look like in the middle of play. What we do know is that probably it's going to be really hard to meet again like the way we used to until there is a vaccine widely available in Australia. So how do you plan? How do you lead a church? How do you be part of RED in a time like this where the landscape is continually changing, where it's really difficult to plan and look forward Margaret Heffernan said we've moved from a complicated world to a complex one. She says in a complicated world, you can plan your way to success. There are problems that come along, but in a sense, you can work your way through them and achieve success. She says we're now in a complex world where it's nonlinear. The ground continually changes. And she makes the point that it's really, really difficult to plan in a complex world. So we can't plan at this moment. I don't know exactly what it looks like when red
1: can gather again. So you can't plan, but you can position yourself.
0: In moments like this, the difference between what is strategy which is the vision, the direction that God has us going, and what are the tactics, the ways of achieving and moving towards that vision, the delineation between those things becomes really clear. And I found myself realizing there's things that I thought was strategy are actually tactics, Some of the ways that we do church that we thought were irreplaceable, gathering as a physical community in a room all together, singing, worshipping, was more of a tactic than I realised. At Red, just before we went into lockdown, we launched a whole new service. We're about three or four weeks in. We have a laugh in the office now. Remember that time we launched that whole new service? worked our butts off to get this thing off the ground. It grew and a whole bunch of people came. And then within about four weeks, it was gone. Congregations are tactics. How we do services are tactics. How we meet in small groups are tactics. Even in this time when the pandemic first came and we realized that we actually couldn't meet in services, We thought, well, the answer is going to be house churches. Let's get in house churches. Let's get people in tens or 20, and that will be the new tactic forward. But even that was revealed as something which we can't rely on as the limits on meeting other people in houses
1: came into force in stage three and in stage four. So how do you move forward? Strategy
0: is the vision that God has given us. Tactics are the ways that we achieve that vision. And the tactics have changed in the pandemic. But I want to say today that the strategy remains the same. We may not be able to plan at the moment. We may not be able to get down and nut out what tactics that we want to execute in a constantly changing environment as a church and even as as individuals. But what we can do is where we can't plan, we can position ourselves in alignment with the strategy, the vision that God has given us. And to come back to that strategy, we almost have to go back and we have to go up to the 20,000 feet and ask the question, what has God been doing at red? What's the biggest story that predates the pandemic. Red was in a season before the pandemic where we felt this real call to contend and cry out for God to move. There was this real sense that the story that's told about faith in our city is one of decline. I remember a couple of years ago having the conversation with a number of people after a service at Red. And the story that people told me was of family members walking away from faith. People had come from other churches which had shut down. People who were young adults and were the only one in their group of friends who were a Christian or still following Christ. And so we're surrounded by this story, in our pers- a story, in our personal lives, or even in the media, or the story that we tell about Australian culture or the Western world, that inevitably the light is going out of faith, and we're like the last standing bastion against an irrepressible force of secularism coming against us. But the strategy that God outlined for us that's been growing from a seed that's slowly taking root, that slowly shoots a growing up all around us, is that God is calling us to press into renewal. To realize that we can't do this in our own strength, that no matter how good we get at our tactics, how we arrange the church, how we set things up, how we are smarts, our our cultural creativity, whatever it may be, that that's not going to get us to where God wants to take us. That actually realizing that only God can take us where we need to go is at the essence of renewal. So we began to position ourselves as a church in contending, crying out, asking God to move in our personal lives. We saw that this is a crisis but often the crisis of decline when you look at the history of the church the stories in the bible to the stories of god moving throughout the history of the church is that crisis precedes renewal and so the strategy that god has had before us is one of renewal and i remember there's so many moments even just in the last six months or so before the pandemic broke in 2019, so many just pinnacle moments. There were moments in the service where the Holy Spirit was so palpable as people cried out to God, this sense that God was beginning to do something moving amongst us. I had these moments where I saw that going beyond red. I will clearly remember a moment being in the Royal Albert Hall in London and my friend John Tyson, is originally from Adelaide, pastor of the church in New York. I remember him preaching and opening up for the Holy Spirit and crying out for God to move in the world. And this sense that what we were desiring at Red was being desired all over the world. And the story The church was going to be in decline, was actually being reversed. And God was planting a similar hunger to what we were feeling all across the world. I remember at the end of his talk, he opened up in this incredible, stately, iconic building at the heart of London, where people had come from all over the world, this cry for renewal. I remember even just a couple of weeks before we stopped meeting in physical uh, buildings and locations where we had these combined services at Red. We had John Mark Homer speak. We had this moment where, this cultural moment, this, this podcast that we'd done from Red in conjunction with Bridgetown, which so many people around the world had listened to because I spoke of renewal. Remember that night when it was just absolutely packed with people, this sense that something was happening. As I said, we kicked off new services I remember a kingdom come we had in this building where people gathered in this space and worshipped and cried out for God to move.
1: Renewal was the strategy. But then I remember flying to Malaysia, just as this news of a pandemic
0: breaking out. I went to Malaysia to speak to a group of leaders from all over the Asian uh, region, and I remember getting off the plane at Kuala Lumpur Airport. Some people said, you should take a mask. I thought, masks, come on, that's a bit OTT. And I got off without my mask onto this sky bus that was taking us from the plane to customs. And everyone on that little train in the airport had a mask on. I remember someone started coughing. And it was the first time I thought, man, this thing's for real. And at that moment, I felt God saying, prepare And since that moment, it's almost like all of us, the church, all of us have been on some kind of emergency footing where all of a sudden we've had to restructure everything, restructure how we work, restructure homeschooling, restructure our social lives, restructure our exercise, restructure our shopping, restructure how we protect ourselves if we feel ourselves are vulnerable. Our lives have been turned upside down. And in a sense, red went onto this emergency footing. Literally within like 48 hours, we had
1: to turn around from running a bunch of services to going online. This was a change of tactics. But the strategy was still the same. And we saw what God was going
0: to do as moving from here to here to renewal. But the pandemic has actually shown something that God so often does in his great scheme of moving his people to renewal. And this, in many ways, is captured in the passage that we've been looking at over the last few weeks in this series called By His Name. And this is the key stone revival verse. This comes to us from 2 Chronicles 7, 13 to 14. And this has been read by the people of God at so many times when people are crying out for God to move again. When they see their land is moving away from God's best where there's a desire for justice and righteousness and people to come back to God, when churches want to turn around, when families want to turn around, when the church in a city wants to turn things around and see God awaken his people and move again. This is the classic foundational verse that people read out. And the verse is this, When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people. A pandemic, Sarah pointed out, is another word for plague here. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Now, often how this works out is we have this desire. I shouldn't have turned this over too soon. We have this desire to, when we read this passage, to pray this and for that prayer to happen, for that turning to God to occur, and then us to move from decline, from crisis to renewal. But actually what this passage is doing is outlining a middle stage. So here we have crises. Here we have renewal, awakening, God breaking out in power, turning around churches, families, individuals, cities, nations, regions.
1: But this is really interesting in between bits. For God to move, his people need to realize that they're called by his name. They need to go through this process of yumbling, of seeking God's face,
0: from being changed and turning from the wicked ways, which are pointed in a different direction to where God is calling them.
1: This verse comes at a time where Israel's about to enter into a new reality. Israel
0: has been given a temple built by Solomon, the great project of his life. And this verse is part of that incredible moment where the people gather and then God's Holy Spirit, his presence fills the temple, his glory, to the point where literally the priests can't even enter. And Solomon consecrates, gives over, sets apart this space and his nation to God. And this is part of a conversation. So they have set themselves over to
1: God. They want to move straight from crisis to renewal. But God replies, okay, before you move over, before I stop the crisis, you need to go through a process. And this process is so key.
0: Because Israel had been here before, just before entering, in Deuteronomy 6, just before entering the promised land, God had reminded them that if they enter into the promised land and reap its success, go through renewal, but forget who took them to that place, they will end up being as
1: unjust as the Egyptians that they escaped from. They'd left Egypt, but in a way Egypt was still in them. They wanted to
0: move into renewal, into the land of milk and honey. But God had to do something before in that weird transitory bit before they entered into the new land. And have you ever been on an international flight? There's a weird in-between bit. You get on the plane, you leave your country, you fly. Remember when we used to be able to do that? And you fly and then you land and you sort of think, I'm there And if only we could just get off the plane and like a celebrity and just drive somewhere. But there's that bit where often if you're in Aussie and you've flown to Europe or America or something, you've been on the plane for hours and hours and you get off and you're excited, but then you go into that weird transitory place in airports where you're sort of in the country, but you're not. And you get off and you line up And then you go through customs and you get your bag and there's all kinds of things that you have to do to prepare to actually cross over into the new land into which you're going. You present your passport, you have your photo taken, fingerprints, people watching you behind walls, asking you questions. There is this in-between place where you prepare to actually go into the new land. There is this point of preparation between crisis and renewal and awakening. See, what God is inviting the people of God into here, what they don't realize, they part of them, the human part of them, wants to actually see Israel like the other nations, To actually see Israel, who were a nomadic people under slavery, who then wander in the desert, who then finally get a king, finally then have this grand temple like the other nation. There's part of them that renewal is confused with human wants and desires to be like the other nations. And what God is saying is, hang on. This isn't just about a renewed nation. This is out about an entire new creation. This is about God dwelling amongst his people, like he's not dwelt amongst them since he walked in the cool of the afternoon in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. This is part of God's grand plan to come back and win humanity to himself. The renewal is far bigger than Israel can imagine. And often we can read this verse and we want a renewal, but we have a
1: limited human view of what that renewal looks like. It's a renewal with conditions. And so all that contending, all that hoping, all that praying for renewal, not just
0: at red, but beyond, there's this sense where I wonder God has us in this weird, paused COVID 19 transit plot
1: of the airport. Where we're limited, where we can't do what we want to do. And I believe that the challenges that we face in
0: the West, in a place like Australia, in a city like Melbourne, the challenges are so significant. That where we were before, God actually had to do some deep, deep preparation. If the crisis is big, the preparation needs to be deep. And that means the renewal needs to blow the categories of what we understand as a renewal. We don't just need a little bit of improvement. We need a new creation to break out in our lives, to transform our households, our families, We need a new creation at Red Church. We need the Australian church to be rebirthed with new creation. We need not just a renewed Australian nation, we
1: need new creation in our world. And so this strange time, this unprecedented pandemic, at this time of
0: globalisation where these Infections can fly across the world. And as soon as we open up a little bit, infections go up again. And this sense of profound loss, where we can't plan, deposits something
1: really key in us. This pause that we feel at the moment is actually a pregnant pause. This is the silence that comes before the thunder of heaven. And the sound is louder because of the silence that comes before it. So three things. As we reposition ourselves as
0: a red church, this preparation time is not one to be wished away. I'm not saying that it's easy. This is hard. There are people suffering at this time. There is genuine isolation and vulnerability. And this has been a terrible thing that has come against the world. But God turns bad to good, as the book of Romans tells us. So in this moment of pregnant pause, of deep preparation, there is a sorting. Remnants are always preceding renewals. And I believe at this time, a remnant has been formed, that there's this silent spreading of seeds. When everyone went first online and digital church, I had so many people sending me messages saying, is this just going to create entertainment church? This is just going to foster cultural Christianity where people can sit with a big bag of chips on their stomach and in their track pants and just watch church, and that's going to be the limit of their disciples.
1: No offense if you're doing that now, that's not my point. I actually believe the opposite has happened. If you're still watching the live stream, if you're still
0: pushing in, if you're missing what it is to be around people and singing and with others, but you're still pushing forward in faith and steadfastness, God is building you into a remnant. On my smart TV to watch the service like I did last Sunday, I have to go past the icon of Netflix and Stan to get to the YouTube one to actually watch this service. The off ramp is even easier than it was to just not come to church full stop because you were part of a social compulsion to come to church because your family members did or your friends. God is doing a sorting at the moment, a preparation, and diamonds are created by pressure. So first of all, how is red going to position itself at this time? I believe God is saying, because the strategy of renewal has not changed, we are still holding on to the fact that God wants to move in this time, but we are also understanding the place he has us in the pregnant pause. And in this time of preparation, we're going to get all the
1: gold and revelation out of this time of preparation that he has for us. Tom? Said in our staff meeting, he shared this week, and he said, One of the things that God has
0: taught him is that to get the gold, you have to be prepared to get into the mud. And we're deep in mud, we're knee deep in mud at the moment, but there is gold to be found in this time as this intense focusing, where almost we've been forced into a kind of monastic monk life at the moment, which is so simple. There is revelation to be found in this time, even in the midst of kids literally possibly pulling on your shirt right now in the midst of homeschool in the midst of isolation and loneliness, in the midst of hungering just for a human hug that some of you are feeling, there is revelation to be found in this time of focusing and the dropping of distractions.
1: Second, the battle for the new land, the battle that occurs here, actually is won here in preparation. You can't plan for what the future looks like we don't God does but we don't know what
0: the future looks like we can have a whole plan and a whole bunch of tactics but then the ground can change very quickly so all we can do at this moment is realize that the humbling that God is calling us into is actually an investment so we can be effective for him in the future and be effective for his kingdom if you can't plan you can still prepare and God is preparing you, creating resilient disciples, a remnant of people seeking after him at this time. That's God's plan at the moment. Even if we can't see our plan of wanting to know when does the lockdown end?
1: When can we meet again? When can I go back to my office? When will the kids go back to school? Lastly, thirdly, this Father's Day. It's unlike any other Father's Day. Normally on Father's Day, we get to go and
0: visit people. Here in Melbourne, we can't visit our fathers if your father does not
1: live with you. And there's a sense of loss and pain and dislocation that we feel. But in this time, in the in-between space, when Israel was in the wilderness, God was present in an incredible way, providing his children with manna, these birds every day to eat.
0: Israel, in the preparation time, was taken back to a kind of childlike dependence upon the heavenly Father. And this day, this Father's Day, is different. But in this in-between time, the preparation before the renewal,
1: we are being invited not into a Father's Day, but actually a life with the Father, to truly abide with Him. As we step into this, we realize that we don't need a plan because we have a person, a heavenly Father. We can control plans. We can feel a sense that we have mastery over the world because we have a bunch of stuff written down on a piece of paper somewhere and helps us feel like we're in control of the world. We can't do that. That's the great gift of this time. But what we do have is a heavenly father who is calling your name. For as Hosea says, takes you into the wilderness to woo you and love you and win you over this time of preparation, this deepening for the renewal is utterly vital, right because God wants to take us back to our first love. And so during this time, at Red, we're asking the question, how do we get most out of this time? How do we abide with
0: the Father? How do we do this preparation well so that when we come back,
1: we will come back stronger. The vision is still there. The strategy is the same. It's to be renewed. Let's step into this moment, this space here, this deepening with God. God. I'm going to pray. God, this is a Father's Day unlike any other.
0: And we feel restricted. We want to know the plan, this yo-yoing of opening up, closing down this long wait till what does a vaccine look like? Does a vaccine come? What does life after COVID look like? We don't know. And we actually lay before you all of those questions. We place them in your lap because we can't control this. We thank you for our governments who are doing the best in a really bad situation. But we realize too that even our governments cannot save us But hope does not come from them. Actually, hope can only come from you. So Father, we put down our human earthly hope and instead, Father, we exchange that for your heavenly hope that can only come from you. And Father, at this time, just as God invited Israel to consecrate themselves, to seek your face, to humble themselves, to put aside that is wicked, that is, that is not your best. We choose at this moment as individuals, as a church, to step into this moment, to say yes to the preparation, to position ourselves in alignment with your vision to renew us, to
1: renew your church in this time and place. Your will be done. On earth, even in the midst of COVID, as it is in heaven, we pray. In your name, may your Holy Spirit come now. Fill us. Be with us. May we feel your love. In profound ways, that quiet, still voice that Elijah felt. We pray this in your name.